We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into another edition of Hand Raised Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air and Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. I'm Neil McCready. Tonight on the show, David Nuno of TexAgs.com will join preview Saturday night's game between Ole Miss, number 15-ranked Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. It's a 6.30 game. SEC Network there at Kyle Field in College Station. We'll talk a lot about things from the Texas A&M perspective with uh, David, get his thoughts on what all's going on in College Station with the Aggies, a lot of controversy, a lot of things happening. We'll get his thoughts on that, how it impacts the game. He and I both think this is a must-win game for Texas A&M, and in some ways, in many ways, a must-win game for the Rebels as well. We'll also talk to Ben Mintz, as we always do each and every Thursday, get his thoughts on Ole Miss, Texas A&M, the rest of the college football slate, and then the entire week ahead in the National Football League. So a lot of that coming your way uh, here in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you, we're brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. It's getting chilly outside at night, the cold weather on its way. You want to make sure that that heating system is ready to run, that it's safe to operate, so get in touch with the people at Comer. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, Southern, if you live in uh, Memphis, Hernando, DeSoto County, that area, get in touch with them. Have them come out. Check your uh, check your heating system. Make sure it's operational. Make sure it's safe. Make sure you're good to go so that when the cold weather arrives, you can turn on that heater and have peace, peace of mind and uh, feel like you can leave your house and things like that. Everything's good. They'll take care of you. Their customer service is absolutely fantastic. Eric Payne and all the people there at Comer and Southern are wonderful. They'll take great care of you. And please do us a favor and tell them that you heard about Comer and Southern here at MPW Digital. So a lot on the show, um, a lot on the network, I should say, here today. We've had uh, Pete's Pigskin Preview earlier in the day. That's brought to you by Walk-On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland. And don't forget... 
Whether you're watching the game at home or tailgating in the Grove, let walk-ons take care of all of your tailgating needs this season. Inquire today about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters. You can order online or on their convenient walk-ons app. This will be the Friday Oxford Exxon podcast. So, again, thanks to the people at Oxford Exxon. Blue Sky, we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary next month with uh, the Oxford Exxon and Blue Sky. Stop by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Always a great place to fill up, both at the pump and inside. Always clean, always convenient, great snacks, uh, soda, beer, the whole deal. It's all there at the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662 257-1900 is the number to call. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257-1900. Uh, David Nuno and Ben Mintz join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to stop. Have a burger, a po' boy, appetizer. Got great beer selection, full bar and more. Stop by before the college kids take it over late at night and uh, make it a part of your weekend. If you're uh, watching the Texas A&M game, maybe you're watching some of the other games earlier in the day, Rafters be a good place to stop. Also, don't forget about Rafters in New Albany. We've got a lot of uh, other shows up on the network this week, uh, the Butcher versus the Spin Instructor presented by LB's Meat Market. That is up as well. Campbell McCready, Greg Jones making their picks. So you can check that out. And don't forget to check out LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. We'll have the uh, MPW Digital Post Game Show presented by Dead Soxy. That's coming your way Saturday night after Ole Miss, Texas A&M. It's deadsoxy.com, best socks you'll ever put on your feet. 25% off with the promo code Rebel Grove. And uh, we got the Davis and Igman show brought to you by the College Corner. It's collegecornerstore.com plus two locations in Jackson. Largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. The Mason Brooks show is up brought to you by the Rogue 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or the Rogue.com. And again, the Troy Brown show which also brought to you by our friends at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. So let's go to the Rafters Music and Food Hotline now. David Nuno of TexAgs.com. David Nuno of TexAgs does a great job uh, doing Texas A&M coverage. Uh, he's kind enough to uh, come on our show here. David, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for so much for uh, joining the show, or me joining the show. I'm so used to in- having you on my show. I'm now on your show. So thank you for having me. Better said, Neil. It's the, uh, it's the big trade. So, um there's so much to get to at Texas A&M. I, honestly, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I'm curious, before the season, if I had told you seven games in, A&M's three and four, one and three in the league, would you have believed me? Nope. No, it, you know, and I should have, really. The signs were here before, Neil, to be 100% honest. They were here as of early as the second game of the season last year. But no, I came into this season thinking 10 wins, is what they should do. Nine would be, you know, okay, but this should be a ten-win team. And the reason I base that is, I thought Zach Calzada was a very average to below-average quarterback last year, who had an amazing game against Alabama. And I thought you get Haynes King, the guy you expected to be the starter, with all these freshmen coming in, and the fact that Anaya Smith, Damani Richardson coming back. I thought for those reasons alone that this team should be a ten-win team. Of course, life in the SEC is tough. Year five of Jimbo, I'm believing that this was going to be something. 
But in reality, this offense has struggled for so long. You go back to that Colorado game where they scored at the very end. They could not score on Colorado. That's the game where Haynes King got hurt and, and Zach had to come in. But then you saw it for most of the year. You beat Alabama on a night that everything went perfect, right? Everything was looking amazing. You had just lost to Arkansas. You had just lost to Mississippi State. People had written you off. But somehow, you figured it out. And then you, you carry that momentum, and you win a couple games against some inferior opponents against Missouri, South Carolina. Then the Auburn game comes. You beat Auburn 20-3, to but you score no offensive touchdowns, Okay. Since the, the South Carolina game, this offense, and I think it's like nine games in a row, has scored less than 24 points. You go to the Ole Miss game. They fall in a 15-0 hole right away. Uh, you barely score enough to get back in that game, but you do, and Lane Kiffin kind of helps you with some going forward on fourth downs a couple of times. Then you go to the uh, LSU game. You get up. You, you should win that game. You should be 9-3, and three, but you, uh, Max Johnson throws a touchdown at the end. You still score 20 points, whatever it was in that game. You go to this year. Against Sam Houston, you're down, excuse me, you're up just 10-0 with, what, three minutes left in the first half, a game that you expected to play all three of your quarterbacks and all your running backs and all those things. The signs have been here for a long time. The offense has to, like, it has to be a great offensive line for this offense to work. We saw that in 2020 with a bunch of veterans on that O-line. Since then, a bunch of young players and... Uh, an antiquated offense, unfortunately, I believe that, yes, there are plays to be made there, but it's just too much processing going on. You just said the word antiquated. I was going to ask you, is this just schematic with Jimbo? I mean, he's he, from 30,000 feet away, he looks stubborn and trying to just hammer this round peg into this or square peg into a round hole, just hammering on it. And it's like, hey, it doesn't fit, man. You keep doing it. It's not going to go in there, right? And that's what it looks like. You're a lot closer to it. You're right there across the stadium in your studios. You're at all the games, a lot of practices. Is, is that even close to accurate? Yes and no. And this is what I mean by that. Okay. All these games that they've lost this year, and yet the offense is horrendous, right? All these games that they've lost this year, they've been a possession away from winning, right? A, a dumb mistake from winning, all of them. You can't fall 17-0 on the roll on the road in an SEC stadium and expect to win that game. They had a chance to win, though. They came down to the very last play. Same thing with Arkansas, a game that they won. Came down to the very last play. Arkansas misses their field goal. AM had just missed theirs prior, by the way. Arkansas misses theirs. Mississippi State, you lose by 18. But really, two plays in that game go different. It's a completely different game. You give up a, a blocked kick for a touchdown, which the guy was offsides, but whatever. Um, that changes the complexion of that game. And also, A-Chain drops a fumble in, inside the five-yard line. You score that touchdown, you're leading 14-0. It's, it's a different feel, right? So, um, yes, stubborn is, is part of it. But the plays are there to be made to his credit where the game feels different. But does it really matter when you are scoring? You make those plays. You're still scoring 28, 30 points, right? That's why I think the Alabama game, as great as it was for recruiting and for what it did for the spotlight and all the ammunition— that Alabama game masked a real issue, which is things have to go perfect for this team to beat teams. And that I still think you can run the ball effectively and have a great offensive line and win these games and that ball control offense that Jimbo wants to do. But it needs to look easier. And I see a bunch of quarterbacks, now four, that are thinking way too much and not having the time to think because the O-line is struggling. 
So now you have some off the field stuff. There's um, um, Outkick was the one that I read the most recently. They're saying it was drug use, uh, marijuana use specifically in the locker room at South Carolina before the game. Three players being suspended, maybe four, but I think it's three. What are you hearing there? And is that a sign that that uh, he's kind of he being Jimbo is kind of losing the team a little bit here in late October? At the time of this taping, I don't know if we can confirm that report. Um, I'll just say that. I know Billy's been working it, and there's certain things we've heard as well. But uh, I will say that these kind of things happen everywhere. Uh, we live in a different social media world where we. I felt that we had to report on it. Billy was the first to report on it last night at around 9.45 in the evening, and something he had been holding on for a couple of days, to be honest with you. Um, but once it gets out there, you kind of have to report on it. And I think that these things happen. I've had some former players that I've talked to that, yeah, we had stuff like that in my day too. Uh, unfortunately, young players being involved in, um, it's all about winning, right? When you every, win, every. Like, right? Like think about the Jermaine Burton situation with Alabama. To me, that what I saw on camera is gross. And not to compare the situation, but what I'm saying is they're winning. You kind of, Nick Saban's hearing about playing him. But they're winning. The local fans, at least, can move on from that point. This team is losing, so it feels a lot bigger than it is. That being said, you better find a way to win some games down the stretch because we live in a new world where NIL and transfers happening. And if you don't win games, these guys can be like, you know what? It ain't worth it. I'm not playing and we're losing. I'm out. Um, This offense can't score. I'm a defensive player playing my butt off. This is not worth my time. I'll go somewhere that has an offense and I can be the best player on their defense. So, yeah. He's got to start winning some of these games. I don't think Jimbo has lost control of the team. I think there is a perception that the program is hurting. But let's not forget, the University of Texas right down the road went 5-7 and seven last year and had their own issues. Didn't they have the monkey bite a kid, a, 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 an assistant coach? Like These things are happening everywhere. Um, right now, we're in the storm, and it feels like we're the only ones. And again, not everyone is losing winnable games. Not everybody's having... Uh, kids suspended for whatever reason. But issues happen on teams that don't win. And it's how you battle back from that. What message can you sell about the future? And that's, I think, the hardest thing that Jimbo's got to do right now. So let's talk about Saturday a little bit. Ole Miss coming in there, having lost its first game of the season uh, to LSU in in kind of blowout fashion, really, uh, from the first part of the second quarter on. It was 42-3 to LSU, so Ole Miss licking its wounds. Ole Miss kind of beat up. A lot of injuries, a lot of question marks about who's going to be able to play, that kind of thing. Texas A&M has some of that as well. Uh, offensive line shake up a little bit because of injury. And then uh, what's happening at the quarterback position there? So, uh, according to Jimbo yesterday, that uh, it, Haynes is, should be good to go, but you know how coaches are. They keep things as close to the vest as possible in today's world. Uh, if it were me, I'm giving Connor Wegman the keys to the team for multiple reasons. I think the quarterback play overall has been very below average anyway. So why not give the keys to the young five-star? And I think it sends a sign to the young players like, hey, this is your future. This is your guy. The guy you came in here with that everybody wanted to play with, well, we're giving him the keys and let's see what he can do. And also, if next year is going to be the year. Again, I don't know how the transfer portal is going to work out for this team with the way they're going. But the feeling for a long time has been 2023 is the year. I don't want a quarterback in 2023 making his first SEC road start that year. I want it to happen now because I want to get some of those growing pains out of the way. So when next year comes, it almost feels like Bryce Young, right? Like, you know, Bryce Young obviously did not start when Mac Jones was there. But, you know, having some time to see how things are done and be a professional or semi-pro as they are now in college, 
to next year and do it. I want that to be the case. So I say, give Connor as many opportunities as possible. From a wide receiver standpoint, Evan Stewart is phenomenal. Throw the ball up. That guy can make some plays. He's exactly what AM has needed for a long time. If they get any blocking, which they haven't had a very good job of this year with all the injuries and just they haven't played well, this team can move the ball. Can they score touchdowns? That's a completely different question. And that's, at the end of the day, the biggest question. Can you score touchdowns because you haven't done it in like nine games? Defensively, A&M's a really talented team. They've still, I mean, the the number, like when you, I, I was in Tiger Stadium and I was working post game, and someone goes, it's 17-0 South Carolina. I was like, really? I was kind of stunned, you know? And, and I thought, God, what happened? Did Spencer Rattler just sort of figure it out all of a sudden? It was like, no, nah, I mean, I, I, uh, Carolina's got like 19 yards of offense. And and I was like, well, how, I don't understand. And it was kickoff return and a fumble and an interception and all that stuff. But defensively, they've been pretty solid. So two questions. How do you think they sort of attack Ole Miss? And then secondly, is there any visual frustration from a defense that's played better than four and three? Not visual, not yet. Um, but you, they're human, right? I'm sure they're thinking to themselves. So, you know, when you do a three-hour radio show, five days a week, 15 hours of content, plus everything else you do, you find areas to nitpick, right? If I were going to nitpick on the defense, I would say they give up too much run, uh, rushing yards. And in the game against South Carolina, with the game on the line, they were tired. They gave up an 80-yard drive and a touchdown where they rushed the ball for 50 yards on that drive. So that's me nitpicking. But the reality is, every team that has played against that defense, their offense does worse than they normally do, right? Mississippi State, I don't really, cons- Mississippi State beat them by 18. They scored some points, but some of that was special teams and, you know, the offense wasn't moving the ball at all. But Alabama, with a backup quarterback, obviously, and Jalen Milrow did not score the normal points that they do. South Carolina did not move the ball well against AM. This defense can stop teams from scoring. They do struggle with mobile quarterbacks. They do struggle with uh, the running backs, um, but they have gotten better now with a little bit of health. Andre White's back at linebacker. That made a difference last week. McKinley Jackson's been back the last couple weeks. They're at at nose tackle. He's made a difference as well. So the defense is good. It's not great because if you can run the ball and you score and the teams find a way to score in the fourth quarter, but considering the positions the defense has been put in all year long, they played exceptional, I think, because they're having to defend, you know, 20 yards. Like that's it. You're already in the red zone and you're getting started. And that's happened too many times. You know, it's funny. This is a game that's going up against Kentucky-Tennessee, which is a lot sexier, frankly, nationally. It's going up against the World Series Game 2, which will have a lot of uh, Houston-area people, I'm sure, that are A&M people kind of doing the split-screen thing. But this is a critical game for both teams, I think. I mean, for Ole Miss, David, a a loss going into the open date with Alabama next and then a trip to Arkansas, all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, there'd be a little bit of almost panic. For Texas A&M, a loss drops you to three and five and makes it really difficult to go, hey, there's a way to salvage something out of this season. And you'd, you'd have to really start spinning, you know, like James Carville style to sort of come up with a positive out of that kind of a year. Everybody does the Texas eight, eight and four jokes. Well, eight and four would not even be realistic at that point. I mean, it's out, right? So how how do you sense that there's that? Focus on yeah. this game like, hey, this is one that it's a simple, simple must win, bottom line. At least from the fans and the media, absolutely, because it's the first time they've been back at Kyle Field in over a month. 
this team is a different team at Kyle Field, as most teams are. At home, they play better, right? Sure. But there's something magical about Kyle Field. There is. And, and yes, there are going to be a lot of people at that game. Maybe not what we would have thought you know, two weeks ago, but there are going to be a lot of people at that game. I'm expecting 90,000 plus, right? That's the people who are already camping out Friday of last week for these tickets. It's been a month since they played at Kyle Field. So uh, this game is so important for what you can sell the current players on this team. You're re-recruiting them right now, right? Because in this new transfer world, you start going three and five, three and six. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to redshirt. I'm done. I'm going to hit the transfer portal at the end of the year. Goodbye. You win this game. You still have a chance to go eight and four. Do I believe that's realistic with the way the offense goes? No, but you can sell it to your team. You can also sell to your team, hey, we should only have one loss max this year, right? Because you should have won the Bama game if you had any offense. And I've used this comparison on my show too many times, but what are they, 119th ranked offense? If you have just the 60th ranked offense in the country, you're six and one right now because you win Appalachian State for sure. You win again. Well, Arkansas, you, you, you won regardless. Mississippi State, maybe. Alabama, you win because Alabama was giving you that game. Um, and I think South Carolina, you are a, a, if, you don't, if you're not as bad offensively in that game, you, you don't lose by just six points. You win that game. And in my opinion, their offense has been that bad. But they're giving games away with the special teams touchdowns, with the turnovers, with eight false starts that they had in the last game, with the way they break down on third downs. So, uh, yeah, you have to win this game. And I do expect, like I saw in the Miami game, after they lost to Appalachian State and a couple players got suspended, Jimbo had to do a refocusing job. Now, this is the second time in the same season that you're having a come-to-Jesus meeting with the team, which is a problem. But you are now at home in a manageable part of your schedule. Ole Miss is probably, the I don't know, maybe LSU is the hardest team. Initially, I would have said Ole Miss was the hardest part of your schedule the rest of the way. But I thought South Carolina would be a win. It wasn't. But these are all winnable games. They're also losable games. Don't make mistakes and make it hard for you. Play as clean football as you can. And then you'll see these games that you're giving away, maybe you'll take them. That'll work for my sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes it's tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. But you learn how to find your own solutions. There's no better feeling. Therapists can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals. No matter how big or small life comes at you, and therapy can help. We've talked about it before where... Maybe you talk to friends, family members, but they have preconceived notions. They uh, have their own emotional investment in your problems. With a therapist, you get a clean slate. Somebody will just listen and help you work through your problems to feel a little less stressed, a little more confident, and more. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapist at any point. You can turn your camera on or off, whatever it needs to make it as comfortable as possible for you. So if you want a better Problem-solving situation, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com MPW to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com MPW. In a scenario, David, where this goes badly down the stretch, let's say they lose to Ole Miss. They drop one of the two games to Auburn and Florida. They lose to LSU, beat UMass. I guess that puts them at, what, 6-6? Six and six. Uh, I, I know Jimbo's safe. The contract is prohibitive. Do you anticipate change on the offensive staff is that something he's amenable to there's been some kind of rumors along those lines does he bring in a coordinator and a new scheme and relinquish play calling and just kind of become a ceo is that something he's willing to do i do expect the change and billy reported that maybe three weeks ago like that he expects a change and this is before things got even worse right they were already looking bad uh now 
what we think is you may bring in somebody, but I don't think Jimbo's going to relinquish play calling. He loves it. That's his, his baby, and he's actually really good at it aside of that last play against Alabama. He's actually pretty good, but the, the system is too complicated or something's not working, right? So simplify it, figure something out. I think when you're as good as Jimbo is, and I do think he's a great coach, I'm not saying that they need to fire him. I think he is a great CEO, but there's too much on his plate right now for two calendar seasons for the offense to be this bad. So yeah, I do expect changes. Um, and if you want to sell recruits, you want to keep your own guys, you better show them, look, I'm bringing in this young up-and-coming guy. Look what he did last year with this school and that school, the TCU, uh, Riley, whatever, whoever it is. Bring in a guy that's up-and-coming that you can still play call, but get his philosophy in there and simplify it. Then I think you can resell it to everybody like, hey, this is the year. Like I said a moment ago, if you give me the 60th best offense in the country, you're winning most of these games. Well, bring in a guy who's known for that. I think you get everybody, the fans, the current players, and those recruits that are right now wondering, why do I want to go there? They don't score. All right, I see why. They figured this out. You have to. I know they've been impossible to predict, but do you have kind of a just a gut feeling as to what happened Saturday night? Uh, they haven't been blown out at all in a couple of years, right? So it's going to be a close game. I see A&M winning it right now, but I have changed my mind on this team by the hour every week. Yeah. Since the App State game, the, the Miami game, I talked myself into wins, into losses. Alabama, I did predict that they would win. They almost won. Um, so like, it's, it's weird. I think they win because they're at home, and this is the it. This is it. You don't win this game, I think the whole thing blows up. Um, and that's a lot of pressure for, for a young team and maybe some of them are already out. If they're already out, they weren't in that invested anyway. So I would say I'd see them winning, but I, nothing would surprise me with the way this offense doesn't move the ball. I know you only have a couple more minutes. I'm going to switch subjects real quick because you worked in that Houston market for a long time. The Astros, uh, yeah. back in the World Series, they had the cheating scandal with the trash cans and all that stuff, and people talked about it forever. Uh, George Springer left. Carlos Correa left. And yet they just keep winning. They were clearly the best team in the American League over the balance of the season. I think they're the favorite to beat the Phillies in the World Series. What's been sort of the secret sauce for that organization and, and to overcome the cheating scandal and the big suspensions and all of that stuff? And yet here they are back in the World Series as a, a favorite to win it. Well, look, this is from a longtime Houston fan, right? I, I covered them in the media for such a long time, but I grew up in Houston. That's, that's my team. Uh, they are the face of the cheating scandal without a doubt, and they deserve it, and they got to own it. But they weren't the only ones, and it's been proven that the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers all got in trouble for maybe not the extent that the Astros went, right? Which is, but they're all involved in it. Uh, but I will tell you, I think Dusty Baker is the right guy. As much as I don't sometimes agree with everything, right? Now, who does, right? Like AJ Hinch, as much as I loved him, I didn't agree with him, um, you know, taking out. Uh, certain pitchers in certain moments, right? Like there's there's things that all managers do, but I think his temperament, what he has gone through, he's kind of like a grandpa in that clubhouse, but in a lovable way that everybody wants to make him happy. I think he was a calming influence. And when they hired him, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to get rid of AJ Hinch. I was like, bring AJ back and apologize and move on. But they made the right move. I think that's part of it. The other part is Jose Altuve, even though he's having a rough postseason, is the heart of that city beyond just that clubhouse. People love that guy. In Houston, I know outside people like to say, but he wasn't involved in the cheating scandal. That's been proven. That's been documented. It's been backed up by his teammates and by the Major League Baseball report. 
He is a lovable guy who comes to work every single day. The other part of that is the pitching staff, like Verland. And they just have done such a good job in development. Framber Valdez, how good has he been? Lance oh, McCullers. It's been amazing. I mean, I mean right? Verlander, when, when he got traded from Detroit there at the deadline, he wanted to go to the Cubs, and the Cubs passed on him because they were afraid that he was done. And, and he goes to Houston, and they kind of found something because he wasn't pitching like that in Detroit. He gets to Houston, they obviously saw something, and they fixed something. And, I mean, he's had this rejuvenation of his career at, at the age of 40 or 39 or whatever he is. Yeah, he has been huge. And just, like, they've got so much great pitching. Look, it took a long time. The, the, I was there to cover some Astro teams that won, whatever, 60-plus games, and it was not fun on Jose's first few years. But they learned how to win, and they adopted this NWO, us-against-the-world, uh, Hulk, Hollywood Hulk Hogan style. When everybody hated them, they played some of their best baseball. Now, they haven't won the World Series, right? Um, you know, they lost last year to a, a hot Braves team. They lost to a very hot Nationals team a couple years ago, but they're resilient, and I think that starts with with Jose Altuve. And yeah, they lose Carlos Correa, who I think is you know not only a guy that I really enjoyed covering, he's just a good dude and a, and had a, a flash for the dramatics, as did George Springer winning that World Series MVP. But they're just consistent, and they Alex Bregman has never not made it to the ALCS. Think about that; his entire career Incredible. has been there. Yeah, so incredible. they got guys that just live up to the moments. And Bregman's had his rough years too, right? In postseason as well. And he was involved in the scandal. This guy's been huge. Could have easily been your AL, uh, ALCS MVP, but Pena, obviously as great as he was, takes it. They just got gamers that know how to do it when it matters. And I would love, look, I would love for the Astros to win because I'm an Astros guy. But I'd love to do it to give some distance to 2017 so the Asterix talk comes to an end. It'll never completely go away. But I think for some people, They'll see Jose as a Hall of Famer if he gets another World Series. Yeah, I think if they win it, it goes away. Frankly, I think it's already gone away because they just there's a consistency to them. You know, like if they finished fourth in the West or something, two or three years, you'd be like, oh well, that's the reason they won was they cheated. No, the reason they won was because they were really, really good. And you see that continuity over the years, and it's it's incredible. And they're playing a red hot Phillies team. It should be a really fun uh, World Series. David, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Hope to see you soon. I appreciate you, sir. Ben Mintz, as he always does, joins us from Barstool Sports. Ben, uh, first of all, before we get started about all the different games this weekend and all of that stuff, before we talk about what happened last week in Baton Rouge and all of those things, I want to congratulate you uh, right here publicly on the show. You've been a big part of what we've done the last couple of years, and uh, I know you've worked really hard. Barstool saw that. They rewarded you with, what, I think a three-year yeah. uh, three deal, and so congratulations. Thank you. I just want to, while I'm on here, I just want to say thank you to all the old Miss fans that have supported me. Uh, you know, this was a, this whole deal has been nuts. I mean, I moved to New York. It's spent one night in my life here, knew nobody, but I knew how big of an opportunity this was for Barstool to work at Barstool. And I knew I had to do it, but I definitely would not be getting this extension without, I mean, specifically the baseball team and that run in Omaha and uh, also just the fans. I mean, I've gotten awesome support. I have a great relationship with the university with the fans, uh, you know, I mean, I'm very, very lucky to have it. And I, I think that's a huge reason I just got this three-year deal. And, you know, Neil, I'll just be honest, man, you're immediate too. I mean, I went back to Ole Miss in 2014 and 15, and I started grinding sports radio in Bossier and Shreveport. I did that four years, but you never really have any security. It's always year to year. 
And then I got hired by ESPN Baton Rouge. And then like, but I was out like selling ads to make money there. And then I got Barstool, but you get like a one-year prove-it deal. And then after my first year, they gave me like another one-year deal, like a small raise. So to hear Erica Nardini call me in the office and say, hey, we love you. We, Dave, Dave and I think you're doing an awesome job and we want you to be part of this for a long time. And uh, we wanna, we're going to offer you a three-year extension. I mean, I've been working for eight years for that moment. So uh, it, you know, just really, really felt good. And there's more coming, uh, more announcements coming that we're not going to get into today. But uh, I'm just so excited about the next three years. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we're just getting started here. I mean, all this means is I have a bigger opportunity now. I got to take advantage of it. You are an example of uh, what I try to preach to my kids a good bit, um, which is it's so much of success. And I, I, it took me a long time to figure this out. Maybe it took you a long time too. I don't know. So much of success is about hustle. So much of success is about finding something that you like, finding something that you're good at. And that's important. You got to like it. And you've got to be good at it. And then you got to work really hard. Those are the people that really make it like Portnoy. I mean, Dave didn't start rich. No. Um, you know, he had a plan. He had a thought. He had an idea. He's good at it. He loves it. But he works really, really hard. And that's what's required. And with, with, with rare exception, right? There are some people who are just so freaking talented or um, you know, so beautiful or whatever that life comes easily. But for most people, it's about hustle. It's about hard work and it's about being good at something. And, and uh, you know, I deal with this, not to make this about me because I want to give it back. No, no, you get it. It's me, you're me too. This is what I'm saying though. It's funny, you know, because I have my oldest daughter um, who uh, you see her show sometimes, The Butcher versus The Spin Instructor. She is getting out of college, you know, and, and so much of what is on her mind right now, like all 21 year olds is, well, where am I going to go? You know, what, where, where should I go? Nashville would be fun or Dallas would be fun. And I get that. I totally get that mentality, but I'm like, Hey, make sure that you don't at 21 be so focused on the money and the market that you don't get a job with people that you like, uh, at a job that you think you can grow in, a job that you think you'll enjoy, because it doesn't matter how much money you make if it's drudgery. And and on the flip side, if you don't make any money, it doesn't matter how much, you know what I mean? You got to have some room for growth. You have to have people who will push you and all of those things. And you got that. I mean, you got this opportunity and they were like, hey, do you want to come to New York? And at first I think you were like, I don't know. And then you just said, yeah, I'm coming. And then you just dove in and the rest is like you said, the rest is in that three-year deal that you just got. Yeah, it's – well, I agree. So, Eric Nardini, our CEO, tells us this all the time. Like, there's stuff at Barstool that makes you unique. She's like, big thing she always says, you can't fake passion. You just can't do it. And I'm not the kind of person that could be an accountant or a banker or a lawyer or any of that. I mean, I would I would make it 20 minutes in those jobs. And, you know, the thing with sports media, I mean, obviously it's a grind. You know, media is not easy to make money. I mean, there's no doubt. You're, it's one of those things you do it. You get to talk about sports and you get to go to a lot of cool events. And you get to network and there's a ton of good stuff with it. But, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. And the, the thing with Barstool is they tell us this all the time. They're just like, we hired you to be you. And so I know I look, look ridiculous on camera all the time. I mean, that's I mean, it's what it is, but I own it. And. I think that I love working for a company that just that, that's what they want. And then, you know, we're meeting on our extension and 
you know, it's not one word of like, hey, we want you to write this many blogs. Or we want you to do podcasts. We want you to program. She literally is just like, the only thing Dave and I are concerned about is you continue to be comfortable to be yourself. We know the rest is going to work out. And like to hear your CEO tell you that at Barstool Sports, man, it was, I, I, I mean, just an extremely gratifying moment. Um, especially because, like I said, I mean, what, eight years went into this. And, you know, just I, I'm very, just very thankful. Uh, also, Cannot forget to thank Lane Kiffin and the football program and Keith Carter, too. I said baseball, but Lane was a huge reason I got hired with Dave, and so I don't want to be remiss and screw that up. But the big thing now is how you look at it, though, Neil, and you, you do this, too. Like, I could look at it like, oh, I've got it made now. i got a three-year extension. They obviously think highly of me. No, now I've got an opportunity to go from, like, I think I'm a very good role player in this office. I don't think I'm one of the biggest stars. I'm not. I don't have my own brand. I'm on a bunch of different shows. I contribute to a lot of stuff. But now they're showing me this faith and they're giving me more resources. It's time to go from a really good role player to one of the stars. And I've got a lot of ideas and a lot of stuff's coming down the line. And I, I, I firmly believe it's going to happen. Well, the other thing you have going for you is you, you I, I don't think you have a severe fear of failure. And so you're not afraid to take some chances. And so sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll try things that won't work, right? You know, and 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 you have to be able to. It's like be a great the closers. They they they, they gave up the three run home home run on Tuesday to lose the game, and on Wednesday they don't even remember it. I mean, just oh yeah, no. Last week, which is a prime example, this is a great segue into what happened last week. I went hard against LSU fans last week, and like everybody knows, I came up through ESPN Baton Rouge, and that's a you know, that's, I mean, a lot of my supporters are from there, me being from Louisiana. And I told them, make it all. I mean, I really, really went at them. And I had to turn my Twitter off Saturday after it. I mean, it might work out for you. <laughs> no, tiger droppings. I mean, there were huge threads of tiger droppings coming at me. They said, I mean, it was, I mean, T Bob and well, it just was coming from every angle. I'm just like, you know what? We're just not going to look at all this. Uh, I asked for this. I kind of like definitely poked the bear talking all that smack to him. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, things went very poorly uh, in that second half. You've spent time down there. I have too. Um, you've been around that program. I've been around it a lot back in my mobile days. I've seen good teams go to Tiger Stadium and get beat. Um, Ole Miss got beat pretty good. I, I, I've seen people trying to spin it a little this week with, well, you know, if, if they'd scored going in in the third quarter and if they'd done uh, – no, 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 no. You you lost the last three quarters, forty two to three. That's that's getting beat. You've got to take something from that and learn from it and and readdress your your shortcomings, or else it will repeat itself. You were there. You saw it when you got over the emotion of it. When you look back on it from an, a little more analytical perspective, what went wrong? A lot of things. I, I, it, Lane talked about the post game. I don't understand why they hadn't been playing that Harold Perkins freshman, that number forty linebacker. He tore us a new one in that second half, and you know he he made a huge difference. But the O line, the protections fell apart. Dart didn't have any time. There's been a thing. It seems like under Lane, do you notice? It seems like our game plans are awesome first half, and we score a lot of first half points. But sometimes the second half slows down a little bit. Yeah, it I seems mean, like it's been an issue this year with the exception. Yeah, of the Kentucky game, Kentucky game too. You know, they, the um, Vanderbilt game's the exception. They came out and jumped on Vanderbilt, but uh, they've had a lot of weird second halves. And, y you know, you wonder how much of that is is Lane and, and Charlie Weiss not being on the same page, or is it is it is people know what's coming? Is, is it not creative enough? Is that that there's not enough of an of, of a weapon at wide receiver over the top to take – 
you know, they had a play, they drew up a play and, and Dart missed the throw that would have been mm-hmm. the sluggo Domingo that would have, would have been a big play, but I don't know what it is, Ben. It's weird. And, you know, um, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit. It's one of the reasons that this game at Texas A&M Saturday night is so baffling to me. Um, <laughs> there is this narrative out there. And listen, I hope people are right because, man, it make my life a lot easier if I'm just being totally honest. Oh, yeah, Ole Miss is going to kill them. I'm, that, narrative yeah. is, that narrative is out there, and it is everywhere. People are like, this is going to be easy. It's going to be a 10-point win, a 20-point win. I got to be t- honest with you, Ben, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. I think this is going to be a really close football game. Well, so you know, we obviously take the gambling angle and get into that a lot. A lot of the gambling stuff I follow does not look good for us this week. AM lost as a road favorite last week at South Carolina. Now they're in a bounce-back home underdog spot. I always follow that trend. That's one of my favorites. I quote that on here eight times a year. Then you look at the Ole Miss side of it. The DJ Durkin thing concerns me. He spent two years as our defensive coordinator. He knows our schemes. You know, you got to think he's going to have some kind of game plan ready for our offense based on what LSU just did and the fact that he knows it. And I'm also a little bit worried about our run defense. However, you know, I sound like I'm doom and gloom. Let's not kid ourselves. A&M's got, you know, they're, they're figuring out their quarterback situation's a mess. I mean, at least Ole Miss doesn't have freshmen getting high in the locker room, you know, and uh, that's a positive. I mean, when you got cultural stuff going on like they do, I mean, the dam's kind of breaking, and that's part of this NIL era we live in. You know, everybody made such a big deal about their freshman class. They ain't going to be loyal to A&M because they got a bunch of money. Like, come on, you know, they're just like mercenaries. And Yeah, they're just kidding. I don't know. And they're kids, too. I mean, they're 18 they're, years old, and they've been told how great they are, and they're five stars, and now they got 100K in their pocket, you know. So I know A&M's going through a lot of cultural stuff and problems. Things are really looking bad. But if there was ever a rally the troops week, I think this is it. And so this thing's going to be a dogfight. Uh, I hope Ole Miss just pulls it out some way, somehow, because as bad as last week was, Ole Miss is still 7-1. and one. If you win this game, I don't care if you win 10-9, 31-30, doesn't matter. Agreed. You win this game, you're 8-1. and one. You get a week to get healthy with the bye before the last three-stretch run. I mean, that, that would just be, un- I mean, unbelievable. It's like a weird dynamic this week because Ole Miss got crushed. But we're still seven and one, and Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss is seventeen and three in their last twenty-one. Eighty-five percent of our football games, man, it ain't all bad. It's just this is a huge, the way you know this is like that fork in the road for this season, though. I mean, I think you win this, you're looking at nine or ten, and a great year, you lose this, and we're limping into the bye with the tough down the stretch thing. It can kind of go a little wrong. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I agree completely, and I'll I'll go further. I think you're never going to be guaranteed to catch A and M at their place this weird, with so much going on. Jimbo's being questioned, um, rumblings that hey, they're going to really push him to please hire a coordinator and give up play calling, which is something that Jimbo does not want to give up. He's got players that it's well-known. They want to leave. They're leaving after the season. They're going to get in the portal. He's He's got uh, – he's just got stuff. And you got the quarterback thing. He's insisting they're going to play Haynes King, even though a lot of people think this is an excuse to go play Wegman, the freshman. Um, they've got injuries, multiple offensive linemen out for the season. I mean, they got stuff going on. You're not guaranteed to catch them like this again and again. And so this is an opportunity to win a game. And like you said, get to eight and one. It gets you into the open date where Ole Miss needs an open date, some kind of bad. Like Ole Miss, <laughs> Ole Miss doesn't need to practice much next week. They need to just chill and and get ready for Alabama. And it turns Alabama into, unless you're one of these people that thinks you're really contending for the SEC West. And if you are cool, it's good. Maybe you're right. But it makes Alabama a free shot again. And, oh yeah, and and then you, you know, you try to take one or both from Arkansas and Mississippi State, get to nine wins, ten wins. That's a successful season. But if you lose, now next week is negative. Alabama's big, and and Alabama's not a great matchup for Ole Miss with those two kids off the edge, Anderson and Turner, and Bryce Young, and 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 the the running back. There's a lot there, right? Of course, they're always. And so if that if that game gets away from you, well, now you've lost three in a row, and you got to run up to Fayetteville, and it's going to where be- we always struggle. Ole Miss always plays bad in Fayetteville, and then that I hate to sound concerned, but it's going to be like November. It's going to be freezing cold up there, up in the mountains too. And then you turn around, and if that were to go wrong, now you got a four game losing streak. You haven't won in five weeks, and you got to turn around in five days and play Mississippi State, who's going to be desperate to beat you. So that. This just feels like the fulcrum on the seesaw. It really does. And if I'm honest and I look at it from the A&M perspective, if I'm Jimbo, everything I've got this week is going into figuring out a way to psychologically get my guys to play one more time. Because if they'll play this one time, 
maybe I can get them back another time. But if A&M comes out and lays a home egg and gets popped by Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin does a bunch of stuff on social media and kids are like, screw this, man. The calendar turns to November, and those guys are like, I don't care anymore. Their season could just implode on them. So it just feels like this absolute critical mass moment for both teams, and I don't know what to expect. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, too. I'm not going to put a cent on the game. I just hope Ole Miss goes in there and wins. I do think it is important. Ole Miss started well against LSU. I think if you start well against A&M, you know, they may not come back with all the stuff that's going on with A&M and uh, the stuff we mentioned. So, And they don't typically start well. They've had a bunch of games where they don't start well. Um, and the one SEC game they won, they started poorly and happened to come back and were very fortunate to win it against Arkansas. Um, they haven't, you know, they haven't won since, um, they've had a shot against Alabama though. Right. Even though Bryce Young didn't play, you're like, if you need the evidence that defensively they can be good, there it is. And Ole Miss Ben is so beat up. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, does Zach Evans play? And if he does, is he effective? Um, the, the two freshman tackles did not play well last week. You know, DJ Durkin saw that on film, you know, he's going to attack them. Um, uh, Trigg's not playing. Um, is A.J. Finley going to play? Because if he doesn't, that's a huge fall. Is Cedric Johnson healthy? Is Troy Brown healthy? They're just issues all over the field. No, you're right. But, like, the, the belief, though, the beauty of it is, I believe in Lane Kiffin and this coaching staff, and that's kind of the difference in this culture now is, like, when in doubt in game spots like that in the past, I'd be, like, all a little doom and gloom. But, like, I just believe we're going to get it done because of the culture we got now. And I think Ole Miss is a lot more positive culture than A&M and, you know, like I said, I'm not going to bet on it, but I, I, I think Ole Miss, I think Ole Miss wins a very close game. Is like what my instincts are saying. So I've got the same, I've got the same pick. I really do. I've got the same exact pick. I think Ole Miss wins by three, four points. I think it's a close football game. The other, the people that are saying otherwise, hey, again, I hope you guys are right and y'all are laughing at Ben and me because life would be a lot easier for me on Saturday night if Ole Miss were to win big, but. We shall see. Uh, let's talk about some other college games, and we'll do the NFL. Uh, there's There are some interesting games out there. Uh, Ohio State's at Penn State. A lot of people, self-included, starting to think Ohio State might be the best team in the country, Ben. It's a 15-and-a-half-point line at Penn State. So you got to give Ohio State – look, I know everybody's, you know, always craps on because they're scheduled, but scoring 50-something points against Iowa is no joke. And I know Iowa's offense gave them some, but, like, you know, you knew Iowa wouldn't be able to score, but for Ohio State, you know, I, 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 like I said, their yardage may have not been as great, but throwing a, you know, you don't see anybody ever put up 50 on Iowa. That literally doesn't happen. Um, as far as this game goes, Penn State usually fights against Ohio State. You know, this game year after year, it's always Ohio State's like a couple touchdown favorite, and Penn State seems to get a little sticky with them. Uh, obviously, everybody saw what happened to Penn State at Michigan two weeks ago. I mean, Michigan ran for over 400 yards. They got completely embarrassed, 41-17. I think Ohio State – I can't lay 15 and a half on the road here. I just can't do it. I mean, you know, Happy Valley's 108,000 strong, wide out, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm Penn State or nothing. I don't think they can win this game, but 15 and a half is just – I mean, damn, that's a lot of points on the road, you know, if you're a pretty good team. So, uh, I don't feel great about it, but I would lean Penn State in points. Does Syracuse bounce back at home against Notre Dame? Boy, this Syracuse thing's been a weird story all year. Because all year you just keep looking up and you're just like, I mean, they're not that good. They're going to level off. And then they almost beat Clemson. They fight a ton. Brandon Walker's saying Notre Dame's like his lock of the week. But, 
you know, I, I'm kind of done bagging on Syracuse. They showed me something last week. They almost won at Clemson. You know, I thought last week was you and I talked on here that that was going to be the one where the water found its level and they were due to get smoked. And they showed hard. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to probably be staying away from Syracuse Notre Dame, um, but I, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not on Notre Dame like everybody else. That's interesting. Uh, TCU's been red hot. They go to West Virginia. West Virginia's not a great team, but they're different in Morgantown. They Sometimes things get a little squirrely for, for people when they go there. Is there any path to West Virginia spoiling the apple cart here? Uh, yeah, there is. I like West Virginia plus seven and a half. A good bet. Uh, I think this could this is going to be – these Big 12 games are just nuts. I feel like TCU could win in a down-to-the-wire game, and it wouldn't surprise me. But, man, West Virginia, I mean, they're like – they're just so much better at home and these teams have to travel so far to get there. And then mm-hmm. on the other end of it, when they go on the road, they, I mean, they got to go 2000, you know, they have to travel so far. It screws them. Uh, but I like West Virginia, the points don't get me wrong. TCU phenomenal story. They put a great second half too. They're now 28, 17 and a half and shut out K state in the second half, but I, I, mean, I got to take the seven and a half here. All right, here's an interesting game. In the SEC, it's the 11 a.m. game, Arkansas's at Auburn. The last two seasons, Bo Nix has been the difference in this game. He was the reason that uh, that Auburn beat Arkansas. There is no Bo Nix. Um, Auburn played pretty well at Ole Miss uh, offensively. Whether I, I think that's what that was. Arkansas's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They had an open date as well. They got some guys back on defense. I think Slusher's back in their secondary. What do you make of this game? Man, I just think it's one of those spots where if Auburn was at Arkansas, I think I'd like Arkansas minus eight a ton. But at Auburn, they still fight at home. You know, even with all their struggles, you know, you saw them fight LSU. I mean, they definitely they, – they got blown out by Penn State. But this game, I mean, Auburn's won some really weird games at Auburn in this series. We remember a couple times the refs just screwed Arkansas in this game the last few years. But – uh, I, I'm I'm like Auburn or pass. I mean, it's hard to get excited about taking Auburn, but I feel like Arkansas looks a little like Walk. Brandon Walker has Arkansas as this big pick this week, but I don't know, man. I'm just not into laying three and a half on the road. That's just a little weird for me. Um, uh, I think I agree with you. By the way, I I I think Arkansas wins the game, but I think the line's a little big. I think it's that close. Um, Oklahoma giving a point. At in Ames to Iowa State, you know Iowa State's going to want to kick Oklahoma's ass with all this Big Twelve stuff. It's just kind of a weird spot, isn't it? Yeah, I like. I mean, this is just a bad spot for Oklahoma. I think. I just think Iowa State. You know, this is just a. There's not a very fun team to play. We saw Iowa State almost beat Texas. They're good in this underdog role. You know how much it means for them to beat Oklahoma. And, you know, I know Oklahoma beat Kansas pretty bad a couple of weeks ago, but they still got a ton of problems. Different team when Gabriel plays that. Much different. Uh, offense is better, but I, I lean Iowa State here in the home underdog spot. I just don't have any faith in Oklahoma right now. The biggest line in the history of this Florida-Georgia game is 22-and-a-half at Saturday. Florida getting 22-and-a-half points in Jacksonville. The uh, the money line's plus 1,400. I mean, they're not beating Georgia, but they could cover 22-and-a-half, couldn't they? They could. They could. God, this, I, I mean, I hate to be like this. I just got – I mean, I don't have any – I guess I'm Florida or nothing, but I don't – I just don't know on this one. Um, you know, when you look at Florida's defense, has been pretty – I mean, I I haven't been very impressed. I mean, obviously, I saw LSU play against us too. Um, 22 and a half is a ton in a rivalry game. But the thing with Georgia, it's like, you know, you know they'll be ready for Florida because they hate them and it's the Jacksonville and all that. You know, we all saw them sleepwalk against Missouri and they've looked kind of bad some games. But 
you know, in games where they're like need to come out and be ready, like the Oregon game, and then they hammered Auburn, even if it was close for a while. It seems like when they can get up for it and they're ready, you don't want to mess with them, but then maybe you can get them in some trap spots. And I think they'll be ready for this one. So I, I mean, I guess Florida, if any, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a strong read on it. Just the long and short of it. I don't ever like laying 22 points in anything. Though. It's just so many points. Oklahoma it's State. Not, it just can't do it. Oklahoma State getting a point and a half on the road at Kansas State. I mean, I, I have a, like a working life theory. If you're going to give me Oklahoma State and and points, I typically will take it. They they I like their program, but Kansas State's a weird place to go play. Uh, Deuce Vaughn's played really well. They they've done a great job with Taylor Martinez. So uh, K State's a point and a half favorite at home against Oak State. What do you think? We we both we we, we hit that Oak State against Texas last week. We were yeah. on that one. I, I couldn't believe Texas was six and a half there. But uh, K State had that great man. What a great they were twenty eight seventeen at half, and then they got shut out in that second half by TCU. I mean, this is like one like you said. I mean, it's kind of a coin flip game. I, I think I lean to K State to bounce back, and Oklahoma State kind of in a weird spot after an emotional win against Texas, now having to go to a weird place on the road. So I'm, I'm K State or nothing here. I think I'm I'm, I'm gonna probably bet K State small. Okay. Um, am I crazy to think that Nebraska could could do something at home against Illinois? What kind of world are we living in when Illinois is laying seven and a half in Lincoln, Nebraska? You see that line, just like. I mean, Illinois is pretty good, though. You know, they got they good are, coordinators. Good. And Chase Brown that, that runs the ball well. They've got a good pass D. You know, Bielema's, I mean, done a spectacular job. Yes. But but I ain't laying the seven and a half on the road here with Illinois. I, I think I, I, I might end up taking Nebraska in the points here. I just, you know, it's one thing that Illinois is playing well and playing better. But when you start having to lay over a touchdown on the road with them, I mean, that's that, that won't be me doing that. One that I'm actually thinking about because I think it's uh, I, I think it might be might be free after all the heat that he's taken all week. I don't hate Iowa laying eleven against Northwestern. Northwestern's just awful. Yeah, they are. I, I, no runners like really low at thirty seven. Thirty seven. Yeah. I mean, I still like the under. I mean, I think I was going to win like seventeen to seven. You know, it's going to be just something just god awful. Uh, so I, I, it's just the only thing with Iowa. I see your point. I don't think they'll lose. But it's so hard to lay 11 when the over-under is 37. You know, if the over-under is in the 60s, sure, I'll lay 11. But, man, what's 37? God bless. So, uh, I think I'm just going to take the under even if it's that low. Missouri uh, getting four at South Carolina. The Gamecocks beat A&M. They jump into the pole. Yet Vegas doesn't love them. I think Vegas watches uh, our boy Spencer Rattler and goes, oh. Missouri, Missouri's got a pretty good defense, too. They're just quarterback play. That Cook's like one of the lowest QBRs in the whole country. I mean, he's miserable. Uh, the line looks ratty, though, like you said. I mean, South Carolina, they got a lot of credit for the Kentucky win when they didn't have Levis. I mean, you get, I mean credit to South Carolina. They went on the road and won. All you can do is win, you know, the situation in front of you. And they beat A&M, but I still don't believe in them. Uh, I think the line looks ratty, so I mean, I, I would lean Missouri, which I kind of feel like you, you, I can tell you. Think so. Yeah, I don't hate the Missouri money line here at plus one fifty. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Missouri won the game. I wouldn't either. I, I don't, I don't hate it at all. The the Kentucky money line is plus three sixty. They're a twelve point dog in Knoxville. As much as I'd love to see Kentucky do this, I don't know that it can. I think that I kind of see this as a game that's a fight in the first half, but then they just in the third and fourth quarter, Tennessee extends it. Kentucky just doesn't have a 
they just don't. I don't think they have enough firepower to keep up for four quarters. But I do think their defense will keep them in it early. And I wouldn't be shocked if this game was like tied or something like that at half. But I, I just feel like Tennessee's got too much firepower in the third or fourth quarter and end up winning by a couple touchdowns. So we talked about Ole Miss and Texas A and M. It's interesting, Ben. Uh, earlier today, the line was two and a half. It's gone down to two. The over/under has stayed fifty-five. Ole Miss is minus one thirty-five money line. Texas A and M is not a big bargain. It's only plus one fifteen. I don't know what I. Th- I always am looking for like what's Vegas's motivation here. What are they trying to do? It just tells you that a little bit of money is starting to come in on A and M, and they're pulling that line down a little. It's just such a weird game with the injuries and the intrigue and all the stuff. I, I if I were if it were my real money, I don't think I'd touch this game. That's where I'm, I mean, that's exactly where I am too. Um, I mean, may, I mean, gosh, I guess I might take a look at under 55 if I had to take something because I could, A&M's just struggling on offense right now. And, you know, I, I could see this game being, you know, not a shootout. Last year, Ole Miss won, uh, you know, obviously had the pick six, but what, Ole Miss went like 27-17 or something last year? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was, remember there was a big pick six in the fourth that sealed it. But – it wasn't a shootout last year at all. And, you know, the, like I said, I keep coming back to it, but the DJ Durkin thing's a real thing. I mean, he knows a ton of our schemes. He knows Lane. He knows everything. So, you know, obviously Charlie Weiss wasn't there, but you just got to think he's going to have some kind of game plan. And then, you know, and as crappy as A&M's been, they hadn't gotten blown out once. All their losses were close. So, I, I just – I might end up on the under. I ain't, I'm not putting anything on all this. I do have one other pick. Uh, I like Central Florida as a home dog against Cincinnati. Central Florida had a bad loss at East Carolina last week. They're in that bounce back spot I talk about, and they're plus like one or two at home. I like them to bounce house to to beat Cincinnati. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by Dead Soxy. Go to deadsoxy.com. Use the promo code REBELGROVE. Get 25% off the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. Deadsoxy.com. College Corners, your one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, just go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. They've got the perfect something for everyone. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, so many more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. We're also brought to you by our friends at Walk-On's. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Uh, visit their stores in Oxford or Ridgeland today. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. Want it? Bid it, win it. Solutions RX is a probiotic, multivitamin, and supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical-grade, manufactured right here inside Mississippi. I've been taking some uh, Solutions RX products for a while. What they really do is they just help with um, create, God, reversing is the word I was looking for, the depletion of minerals and vitamins in your body from some of the medicines that you take. It puts those vitamins back into the body. 
helps with those side effects, helping you stay more compliant and taking your medications, helping you stay healthier over the long term. SolutionsRx.com. Type in the promo code OEP at checkout. Get 10% off your first order. Hawkeye Portable Buildings, $79.91. Highway 7 South in Hawkeye. Custom builds your building to your specifications, however you want your carport, ATV, your storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings. Hawkeye can accommodate you. You pick the color, the style, the windows, the doors. Hawkeye makes it happen. In-house financing is available. Free delivery and setup within 75 miles of Hawkeye as well. For more information, call 662-226-2233 or go to HawkeyeBuildings.com. We're also brought to you by 7 South Tailgating. Still a couple of games left in November. Alabama coming to town, so is Mississippi State. To uh, make sure that your uh, tailgate is one that is easy for you, one that you'll always remember, one that's uh, convenient where you can enjoy your friends and the game and not worry about all the setup and cleanup, get in touch with the people at 7SouthTailgating.com. Submit your request today. Game Changer Patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REVELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your order. ACS is a complete electrical control system solution provider, a Rockwell-recognized system integrator based in Baldwin, Mississippi. They have a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more, go to ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for almost 75 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into the NFL. A trade being made as we tape this on Wednesday afternoon. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Robert Quinn from the Bears goes to uh, goes to the Eagles. Oh wow! I didn't see that. Yeah, Philly, uh, Philly, going for it, man. They're all in, as you should. When you've got a shot, you should go all in. You should not, you should not worry about the future as a professional franchise when you have a shot to win the whole thing this year. You should play. And for it them. also doesn't hurt them that they've got the Saints first round pick, which could be a top ten pick. So <laughs> that that probably doesn't suck for them either. No, it doesn't uh, for sure. So no. No, but uh, yeah, Philly is going all in, and you know when you look at it right now, the what's happened to this NFC? I mean, you're talking. You really look at the NFC. You got the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, and the Niners, who are four of the favorites, all struggling at three and four. And so it's kind of created this power vacuum, and the NFC East has seized it. You got the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys all playing well, but I mean the NFC's kind of like melted down. Every Vikings are playing pretty good too, but. It's just wild seeing, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Brady and the Super Bowl defending champ Stafford and the Niners are just all struggling. And so, you know, I think Philly's taking advantage of that. Philly, I mean, I'd almost be shocked if they don't get the one seed in home field at this point, even if we're only six, seven weeks, seven weeks in. That's just how it's looking right now. The Bears, by the way, get a fourth-round pick from Philadelphia in exchange for Quinn. Quinn's 32 years old. Uh, He was a team captain for the Bears, but the Bears obviously are not contending this season. And so you you unload some salary and get an extra pick and fight for another day. All right, uh, people people will be watching this when uh, this Thursday night game is is going on. Baltimore, a one-point favorite on the road at Tampa. What am I missing? 
Man, this is one. This is one of those spots where Tampa lost as a road favorite at Carolina and Pittsburgh, and now they're a slight home underdog. So I'm going to cringe and you know not enjoy hitting Smith with my Tampa bet, but it's coming. <laughs> I, how do you? How can you bet on Tampa after how they looked at Carolina last week? God only knows. But but it's the trend I follow, so we're doing it. All right, that's interesting. Um, you're not alone, apparently. Uh, let's see. You got a, a. I guess this is a London game. Denver at Jacksonville. We have to talk about this Russell Wilson situation for a quick second. Yeah, let's talk like, about it. Denver, by the way, we'll give you the line to the people. Denver, a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Jacksonville. The over-under on this, just 39-and-a-half. The uh, Denver money line, 115. The Jacksonville uh, money line, minus 135. All right, Jacksonville, they play well. In, they always have a London game every year because their owner owns that, what, Fulham, the, the Premier League team. Yeah. They've been – even when Jacksonville stinks, which is very often, they play well in London. Like, every year it's been a thing. They've had a bunch of upsets in London. I know I'm taking Jacksonville just because they're used to the London thing. But this Russell Wilson thing, I don't know. I mean, I just think his whole – his teammates hate it. I think his whole act and, like, I know he's, like, probably a good person and Christian and I'm not trying to, like, hate on any of that. But he just comes off so phony and fake with all yeah, the manners and stuff. For sure. And just you can like, you know, it's the old winning. The Bear Bryant saying, "The winning is the deodorant for everything." And like, if you're winning, nobody cares. You can get away with this, whatever. It's just like, oh, it's just rust, whatever. But when it starts going like this, when you're making 165 million dollars guaranteed on your contract, I don't know. I, I feel like there's got to be a lot of resentment in that locker room toward him, and I, I think that might be putting it mildly. I'm with you. I love the Jags as a pick. Love it. Um, and then uh, be honest. I kind of like where I'm going next here. Um, the Jets at home against the Patriots. The Jets getting two and a half points. The Patriots are kind of chaos right now. Jets are playing well. I know that they lost Brees Hall, but they made the trade with Jacksonville. Good move getting James Robinson. Good move. He's good. Yeah, I, I kind of like the Jets here, plus two and a half. The only thing about it that I don't know is – it's like I always talk about the Sunday and Monday night factor. Everybody saw what just happened in New England, yet they're still favored here. I feel like everybody's going to be on the Jets at five and two. Something about this game feels a little off to me. I'm not saying I'm taking New England, but I'm probably going to pass because, like, how can everyone not like the Jets after what just happened on Monday against the Bears and the, the quarterback controversy? And the Jets are five and two, and their fans are all hyped. I don't know. Just something seems off here. So I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh heads to Philadelphia. The Eagles just made the Quinn trade. They're 10 and a half point favorite against their in state rival, the Steelers. It's 10 and a, I just can't lay 10 and a half in pro football, but I, I just, I just can't do it. But uh, I don't like the Steelers necessarily either with Pickett as a rookie. And man, I, I just, this probably, I'm probably going to sit, sit this one out. What's the over under? I can see it being low scoring. 43. 43. I kind of think this could be an under possibly. Like you, I think the Steelers defense will fight extremely hard. Uh, we've also seen the Eagles get up by two or three touchdowns. You know, they've, they've had these crazy second quarters. The Eagles have like 112 points in the second quarter and saw the second most in the NFL is like 80. I mean, like they're having these nuts second quarters, but then they've been getting up two or three touchdowns and they've just been freezing it in the second half. And so I'm, I might, I might take a look at the under 43 here. Okay. Couple three and a half point lines at noon. Miami goes to Detroit. The Dolphins giving three and a half uh, there in Detroit. What do you think? 
think this is a props bet game. And whatever you see on Tyreek Hill's over and Jalen Waddle's over and them to just like have crazy 150-yard games, look at it. Because on this fast track in Detroit with how many points – I know Dak didn't play well against Detroit. Did he play better last week. But Detroit's defenses, I mean, the first four weeks they had like 140 points. I mean, we were at the Seattle-Detroit games like 48-45 you're telling me the speed that Tyree Kill and Waddle have on that fast track against that defense? I mean, they could have some crazy, crazy numbers. And so, I, I, you know, I'm going to take a look at Hills over and Waddle's over and maybe parlay some of that stuff. Uh, and I'm looking at over 51.5 in the game. Uh, but that's kind of the way I'm the way I'm going about it. The Cardinals, terrible at home, Some sometimes pretty good on the road. They go to a, a Minnesota team that's good at home. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals getting three and a half in Minneapolis against the Vikings. Tough one to call here, to be honest, because like you said, Arizona, you know, that Saints Thursday night game. I mean, that I don't even know what you say. It went from 14 to 6 to 27-14 in like three minutes with all those turnovers. Uh, Arizona plus three and a half, like, seems like the right line here. Minnesota's off the bye. Honestly, the hell if I know. I'm just wanting to be truthful. Like, I'm, I'm just going to call like I see it. But I'm like, I've been going back and forth. Like, Arizona's pretty good. Minnesota is better at home, but then they, like, barely beat Chicago and Detroit at home. They're off the bye. I don't know. I mean, I might take over 49, maybe. The Panthers head to Atlanta. Uh, the NFC, <laughs> NFC South, totally up for grabs. Mm-hmm. All losing teams. The Panthers getting four and a half uh, in Atlanta against the Falcons. I love Atlanta in this game. This is such a good bat. They just got smacked at Cincy. You know, Carolina played their best game of the year, beating a bad Tampa team 21 to three. But Atlanta's been tough at home. They just beat the Niners at home. You know, if they finally didn't cover a week at Cincinnati, I think Atlanta bounces back. I think Atlanta wins this game by two touchdowns at home. I don't think this is any problem. I might even move the four and a half up to like six and a half, possibly. Oh, okay. Uh, Raiders. Go to New Orleans to play your Saints. The Raiders are one and a half point favorite in New Orleans, which tells you so much about what, what where the Saints are right now. Uh, yeah, it's still early in the week, and so who the heck knows who's suiting up for New Orleans at this point with all the injuries. I, I will say this. Something about the Raiders and Saints in New Orleans and Halloween weekend with those two franchises kind of feels right, doesn't it? I mean, just kind of like a little bit of the wilder, you know, franchises kind of in a way. Um, but – I I never bet against the Saints, but I can't take them right now with everything going on. Um, so I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna stay away. Maybe go over 49 and a half here. I know it's a high over under, but these Saints games have been getting wild lately. I mean, they've been going way over the number. The Bengals game, the Arizona game, Minnesota game in London, the Seattle game. I mean, the Saints went from I mean they're they're an over team right now, and so I, I might keep keep riding these overs until they get in the fifties. All right, talk me out of this because last week I laid a bunch I ruined of- you. You're right. I mean, last week what, I- what, what is Jacksonville doing going for it when they're up four, though? You kick a field goal there, you're playing a Giants offense. It's not, not like anything. I mean, they're pretty good, but, you know, how do you not go up by seven? These coaches – And then also, the, the other one – this is something on analytics. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent about this, but whatever. Okay. So, Miami's up – I have Miami by seven over Pittsburgh. They're up six – they got fourth and two on Seattle on, on Pittsburgh's 20 third quarter. Kick a field goal. Look, here's the thing with the analytics. They say, oh, it's 51%. You go for it and you win. So you take it. You've got to analyze are you playing Patrick Mahomes? Are you playing Kenny Pickett? You know, like the analytics don't, you know, you factor it in. It's like a computer model. 
but it doesn't factor in who's playing quarterback on the other team. Like, yeah, yeah you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Damn right you go for it because you got to score touchdowns. Yeah, you're playing that crappy O-line anyway. I, y'all can tell. I'm up two, if you get up two scores right there, it's yeah, it's, I'm with you completely. You're up nine. Anyway, I'm sorry I'm ranting about that. No, I just no. was really salty because Miami was like my big bet. Right, here's, here's my game, though. I've got the Cowboys laying nine and a half against the Bears. A week ago, I laid a bunch of points with Dallas. They covered it. I don't know what I've seen from the Bears. I know what happened against the Patriots. We talked about that. I, why Why am I not just laying nine and a half again here? I mean, this this feels like a blowout. The line does feel like a blowout, and I lean Dallas too because after how Chicago looked Monday night, Dallas did cover against Detroit, but they struggled. I thought this line might be seven and a half or eight, and Vegas puts it out nine and a half. Vegas is daring people to bet Bears. I mean, you got to think that, especially after they look, you know, look good Monday. So yeah. I, I, I like Dallas too. I do too. Um, here's another interesting line: the Titans have really looked good the last three or four weeks. They go to Houston. They're going to play the Texans. Uh, everybody in Houston's going to be thinking about the World Series, not about this game. The Texans are not a good team. Tennessee's a two-point favorite in Houston. What do you think? I think Tennessee does their traditional thing where they play no matter who they play, it's close and they win by a field goal ugly. Because they're just that's what Tennessee does, though. I mean, they're I feel like I know they got blown out at Buffalo and I was wrong about that when but uh, early in the year, but and they just play those ugly, like low scoring, like close mm-hmm. games. And I think yep. that's another one coming here. So I do think Tennessee will win, but I I mean I I'm not like super, you know, running to bat them. I mean, I think it's gonna be a very close game. All right, the game of the week in the NFL, and who would have ever saw this coming in the preseason? If I told you, hey, man, week eight or whatever this is, the Giants-Seahawks game in Seattle is going to be the game of the week, you would have said, Neil, are you feeling okay? You all right? And I would have said, yeah, I feel great. You'd be like, I think something happened to him. The Giants getting three at Seattle, 325, your primetime game. Both of these teams, we can say what they want to about them, Ben, but they both just keep winning. Well, the Seattle thing, Seattle's 25 to 1 to win the NFC West before the year, and they're in first place right now. That is, I mean, nuts. 25 to 1 to win a four team division. I mean, I got burned last week going against the Giants in a similar spot. You know, I remember I talked to you out of that one. I hate to double that. I just, I, I still kind of like Seattle. I don't know. I mean, I, I just Seattle drive them. I think they're good. Yeah. Kenneth Walker's really stepping up, and now they got a good running game. Uh, I don't think D- DK got carted off, but it's not bad. I don't think he's going to – I'm not sure what is – I would think he's out this week. I, you know, this is Wednesday, so I'm not totally sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm Seattle or nothing, but I don't love it. Because Giants, their fourth quarter stuff, they just – they're so well coached. They show a lot of heart. Commanders go to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Another 325 game. Washington getting two and a half. Just what a funny deal with like the Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan thing. The Matt Ryan thing is unprecedented. Jim Ursay made this call. What happened with Ryan, he's benched for the year because he makes 12 million now, but by yanking him, they're saving themselves 17 million, which is like if he got hurt at all, there's some kind of like injury thing in his contract where he'd lock up 17 million more. And Jim Ursay like literally said to Frank Wright, be like, this guy ain't worth it. Put him on the bench. So he's done. He ain't playing again in Indy even if Ellinger gets hurt just because of that money. It's crazy. I've never really seen a situation like that before, to be honest. Um, but commanders are better with Heineke than Wentz, it looks like. I mean, I kind of wasn't shocked they played better. I mean, Heineke, you know, it's I don't know. I feel like the Wentz thing, we're about on its last legs now. I know he got hurt, but, you know, he's had a bunch of shots around the league. He hadn't taken advantage of it. I think he's going to be a backup. 
going forward. I mean, it's hard to know what Sam Ellinger is going to look like as a pro NFL quarterback. You know, you might know more than I do on this one. Um, I mean, I, I just don't, I, don't the quarterback hate stuff makes it. I can't tell yeah, you. Yeah, you don't hate Washington. Um, over under is just thirty nine and a half. All right, what will be a good game because it always is when these two teams play each other. The Niners, the Rams, they get together in Los Angeles. Uh, the Niners, God, it's crazy, and it? The Niners are one and a half point favorite on the road against the defending Super Bowl champs. Go figure. Yeah, that's what's weird to me. You think the Rams be favored, but I mean, I hit this matchup hard earlier this year. Kyle Shanahan. I mean, the only time McVay's beaten Shanahan was in the NFC Championship. The Niners dominate this series every year, and it's one of those things. NFL's like a matchup game or whatever, and for whatever yeah. reason, the Niners always beat the Rams, and the Rams always beat the Cardinals, and those are just two things you can count in the bank. So I'm taking the Niners, even though it looks crazy laying the one and a half on the road. But until Kyle Shanahan starts losing McVay, I just take him every time it's a matchup. You know, if I told you after we had our conversation about Seattle and the and the Giants, if I'd said, hey, guess what? That Sunday night game that, that week is going to be Packers and the Bills, and you'd have been like, oh, that's going to be a great game. And I said, no, no, Buffalo's a <laughs> point favorite. You'd have – You'd have thought, man, I don't know how he got where he got in the media. Buffalo's a favored by 11 on Sunday night against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And, hey, i, I got to be honest, I, I'm not touching an 11-point game probably, but if you told me I had to, I'd lay the 11. The only thing is Roger, Rodgers, he said it so many times through the years, like the relaxed thing. He, he, he felt positive at the press conference last week. I mean, you lost the Jets and Commanders back-to-back, so I don't know how positive you can feel. But every single time he said that through the years, he's always they've always bounced back. I mean, it's you know how many times is he is he given that exact speech like five? Um, so, I mean, I get I, I'm I'm either Green Bay or nothing here. I just can't lay ten and a half. I just can't do it. I mean, I know Green Bay stinks and that's true, but I just can't lay Aaron Rodgers ten and a half points in football game. All right, finally the Monday night game. It's Halloween night. It should be a lot of fun on Halloween. You got the Bengals, the Browns, two teams with uh, orange in their color schemes. Battle of Ohio. The Bengals looked super last week at home uh, against Atlanta. They lay three and a half in Cleveland against the Browns. Deshaun Watson's return. I mean, hey, this is there's a lot here. No, well, Watson's still. I think he comes back against Houston. Week, oh, it comes uh, back. Okay, someone. No, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. That's. I, I just swore. All, no, all good. I swore. I just. Cleveland has just torched my money this year because I, I thought they were in good spots against New. You know, they've gotten me two or three times. So I, I just I'm done with it. Uh, so I'm probably staying away from this because Cincinnati looks pretty suckery laying three and a half and like the battle for Ohio. You know, they'll be fired up Monday night in Cleveland, but I I, I just I can't take Cleveland. I'm just they they've. They've they've done that that Chargers home loss and that New England loss. They've just they, they've just done too much to me. So um, I just man, I just I don't feel good about landing three and a half of Cincinnati either. So I know that's a long winded way of saying I'm, I don't know. <laughs> so I know last week you had one hell of a weekend uh, traveling. You were all over the place. I'm assuming this week you're you're a little more low key, kind of hanging there. Very very much more low key. Uh, Casey Smith and I are going to do an Ole Miss A&M preview video that y'all see that ought to be pretty fun. Um, figuring that out. But, no, this weekend I'm chilling in New York, and I'm going to watch football all day Saturday and Sunday. Next weekend I got to go to the Bears Lake Charles, one of our pin properties, for another one of Rohn's gambling tournaments. But I think that will be a lot of fun. That will be LSU-Bama weekend too um, down in Louisiana. And, you know, it would really be fun if the Phillies-Astros game seven was done too because that would be great. But that's kind of my next trip I got planned. I'm still – 
I'm not definitive on the Ole Miss Bama yet, but I'm trying hard to make Ole Miss Bama and Oxford, especially baseball teams, getting their rings. And uh, so I'm trying to make that too. So we'll see. But that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, I kind of made a very rookie, amateurish decision for somebody that's 39 years old. But I was like all for sure not going to go to Ole Miss LSU and go to Colorado. And then I agreed to that three-year extension. I got a little bonus. And so I'm just like, how the hell can I miss this game? I've been to 21 out of 24. So, you know, I, I definitely punted some money switching flights like an idiot. And so we're going to have to lick some wins for a few weeks after that. But it's okay. You live and you learn. All right. Halloween is Monday night, Ben. I'm, I'm guessing that in a previous life you were a pretty big Halloween candy guy. But now now you're running, uh, you're running 70-minute yeah you've you've you dropped a bunch of weight are you are you avoiding the halloween candy this yeah time? halloween candy uh, we're, we're good on that but uh i will say this this is gonna air on thursday uh, i hit 30 months no alcohol today so two and a half years pretty pretty good you know uh, i look back on it and i mean i've been a little sentimental lately on the journey to barstool and everything that's happened but it's it's been a been, been really cool to live and i'm very grateful um, so that's a that's a big thing. And, you know, I got a ways to go. But, man, I'm 39 years old. I'm ripping off 10Ks. We ain't doing – you know, we're not doing that bad. We're not doing that bad. Oh, you're, that doing, was a, you're doing great. I saw that today. I was like, way to go, man. That's awesome. So you we're going to keep it up. But the Halloween – usually Halloween, though, like the older – I'm a big rock and roll guy. I usually go see, like, a big concert for Halloween. Uh, I might go see the band Ween at Beacon Theater Monday night. That might be what I do. So we'll see. When you were a kid, what was your Halloween go-to candy? What was the? I was one? always like Reese's, man. I always like the Reese's being, but and also, how could I not the namesake? But I was always a Junior Mints guy. I mean, come on. <laughs> and I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. The mint chocolate chip, uh, the mint chip at the Oxford Creamery. Shout out, it's spectacular. All right, we will uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much for your time, as always, each and every week. Enjoy your weekend. Look forward to visiting with you again, uh, I guess. Well, yeah, next week. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do it next week, even the off week. Safe travels to A&M, and uh, hopefully the Rebels get a win. And I've thanked everyone a bunch already, but thanks again to the Ole Miss fans. Uh, like I said, I, three more years at Barstool. I mean, <laughs> crazy. Hard to believe. Congratulations again, buddy. Talk to you soon. Again, our thanks to both of our guests today, David Nuno of TexAgs.com, Ben Mintz of BarstoolSports.com as well. Make sure that you, uh, if you reach out to them on social media. Tell them you appreciate them spending some of their Thursday here with us on Hand Raise, guys. Again, our thanks to Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating for making this show possible each and every week. We'll put this up in podcast form on Friday morning as the Oxford Exxon podcast. And we'll have coverage on Saturday of Texas A&M and Ole Miss from Kyle Field. Uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll get video to you. We'll have uh, my commentary. We'll have Chase's observations as well. And then we'll have a little bit of an old-school uh, post-game show, the MPW Digital Post-Game Show presented by Dead Soxie. That's coming your way on Saturday night. I'll be along for the ride uh, this time as I'm not making the trip to College Station. It'll be uh, two of us, Chase and I. We'll talk about the game. We'll visit with Jeffrey Wright. We'll visit with Brian Rippey. We'll take your calls on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline on Saturday night. So thanks again for making us a part of your week. We look forward to visiting with you on uh, Saturday night. And we'll be back again on Monday morning, of course, with another edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Until then, take care. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. 
My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.